Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins. Now, with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. Uh, hit to the outfield, should add another run. 3 2 to Cave. There's a high blast to center field. Trout going back. This is back and gone. Jake Cave to the deepest part of the ballpark. A two run blast. Are we calling it the Jake Cave game officially yet? Is it trademarked, Derek Wetmore? I didn't file for the patent, so. <laughs> His call Nor do you care. To. Yeah. Well, the Twins did win yesterday, which is good. Uh, the bad news is we're now getting into the middle of June, and they're still just buried multiple games under five hundred. Let's start. Let's start with this one. So Miguel Sano was moved down to fifth in the order a few days ago. Was he hitting seventh? Yeah. Yesterday on uh, Friday he was batting seventh. That was the first okay. day they popped him down. Yeah. So what? What you you've been around the ballpark here? What do we make of just the current state of Miguel Sano? Yeah, all I, due respect to Jake Cave. I don't want to spend twenty five minutes. Talking I don't understand. About Jake Cave. I mean, hey, Jake Cave's a great story. Nothing wrong with Jake Cave having a big game. Back it up, but Sano uh, <laughs> Sano. We now have these like very real questions about his future. I think, and so that's just juicier to me. To oh, me. absolutely. Right? Yeah, and Judd, I know for I, you, I love this. You're a ambulance chaser if i've ever seen one and it's a good story sorry that was just an unwarranted it's, no cheap it's true shot. oh no it's, it's true oh, no, not an unwarranted <laughs> i embrace that this term. Is a warranted cheap shot so here's what i think about sano guys i think this is one of two things moving him down in the lineup either is a kick in the pants challenge to say like hey man there's a good hitter still in there. Let's see that. Let's see more of that. Take, I don't know if it's taking his plate appearances seriously. I, I get the sense that Sano takes his plate appearances very seriously. But I just think that it, it could be sort of the subtle message from whether it's the manager, the coaching staff, the front office. Hey, the great hitter that Twins fans all fell in love with, it was because of the power and the patience, that selective approach at the plate. You went up there looking to crush something, and often you did. And in a 3-2 count, you get a slider in the left-handed batter's box, and you spit on it and take a walk. Now the Miguel Sano we're seeing, it's more like 1-2 counts and some 2-2 counts, and you get that slider in the left-handed batter's box, and he swing and miss by 6 inches. And that's that's really concerning. So the first thing I think this could be, boys, is just a little bit of an old-fashioned challenge. Wake-me-up message. Hey. We need that guy back. The other thing that I think it could be, it's way simpler than that. He's just not one of the six best hitters in the lineup right now. I think it's that. Yeah, yeah they've got six guys that's, you'd rather uh, have that's up it. first. I think that's de- exactly it. In a depleted lineup, right. though, mind you. It's, it's not like, but, like no, Robbie Joel Grossman's Maurer. batting leadoff or whatever. Was he batting leadoff yesterday? Yeah. I see there. Okay. But when you, watch, took the day when, when you watch his at-bats in recent weeks, there's no compelling case to say, well, yeah, you know, we might want to hit him clean up again or a fifth. I am now to, to the point of I don't care how he takes it. I don't care if he hates me. If I'm the twins, I am very close to. In fact, personally, I would send him down. I'd just send him down. I'd send him to Rochester and I'd say, hmm. this is this has nothing to do with us trying to wake you up. You do not belong, Miguel, in a big league lineup. Well, that's just the case. That's a that's a pretty huge wake up call if you were no, to but take an saying, established player. But but Patrick's column cited sources as saying it's not going to help him because he's not going to be sent down and and be pleased about it. He's not going to be happy about it, and it's not going to light a fire. No, uh, I, I think he'd be PO'd. Him. But I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. I would just be done. I'd say you're going, you're going down until you work on a lot of things down there. Yeah, and 
the, the weird thing to me is, and I don't mind challenging him. I think the Twins have to figure out how to get through to this guy. And it's not just because, oh, here, there's a good player in there and you'd like to get more out of it. Here's my honest opinion, guys. This sort of championship path that the Twins hope that they're on, that the front office came and said, we want a championship caliber club for multiple years. That revolves around a good Miguel Sano and a good Byron Buxton. I don't think that they have the depth of talent in the organization to just have both of those players, pardon the pun, swing and miss as players, as be just sort of bench guys, extra guys on a 25-man roster, and still be a Houston Astros, and still be a New York Yankees. They're not in that echelon of team if those two aren't superstars. So you take one of those guys and he's hurt right now. What are you going to do? You got to get Buxton healthy. But but that's also part of like the fact that he's not valuable is that he's always hurt. Yeah, I yeah. But just in this specific case, you mm-hmm. can't blame fouling a ball off your toe. In my personal opinion, let's look back at Sano though because that seems it looks from the outside looking in anyways like these are fixable issues. These should be things that an individual and a training staff and a team and an organization surrounding him. Cause sometimes it takes a village. You ought to be able to fix this. You ought to be able to take the talent that's in there, even in his present form, his present shape, and say, let's get something out of this. How can we turn you from a sort of replaceable player that's batting seventh in the injury-depleted Twins batting order and turn you in back into that middle-of-the-order yeah. slugger who's rightfully going to multiple All-Star games? So I think you're right. I think they definitely have a lot more talent on the way, Royce sure. Lewis, Nick Gordon. There's a couple pitchers. Uh, they've drafted some SEC and and Pac-12 power hitters in the first and second rounds. So there's definitely talent on the way. But I'm with you. If you want to start competing on that top top level in the next two or three years, you can't just you can't just call yeah. a potential you know eight wins above replacement outfielder a complete bust. Right. So I guess my question would be. In, the, in in this era of watching sports, it's really easy to just snap judge a bust to say, "Well, I've seen two years of this guy in baseball, and I'm and I'm done with him." Or I've seen uh, I've seen a couple years of this basketball player, or whatever. Not not to allow for the possibility of patience, or maybe a guy has to be 26 years old instead of 21 years old in order to flourish. How do we balance our general impatience as sports fans and viewers with the fact that these guys are now combined like 2,000 plate appearances That's into right. their careers? And they're always injured, and they're and they're very rarely productive. That's a great question. I think oh, the Twins have to be. It, it was an okay That's question. Right. No, I'm not sure I judge it as great, Dave. Here's uh, why Dave, it was a great question. question. Thank you, yes. everybody. All right. Okay. I appreciate it. Studio yes. audience, why don't you shut up? That's right. Hey, keep it down. <laughs> it was a great question because I think it's exactly what the Twins have to be asking themselves right now. I think Derek Falvey should have that question on his office whiteboard. Just don't punch it. Yeah. And break your hand. Oh, LeBron James. Like LeBron oh, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Basically nah. played. Sure. Sure you did. Anyways. I think that the... the Look, because we, we think about this like this. We think, oh, there are a couple games under 500, get back to 500, and the Indians haven't taken off. You're right there. That's how we think about it. I mean, that's what... I come to the ballpark and people say that to me all the time. They say, you're stupid for writing the season off. Granted, they're right. And <laughs> they're right there. The Indians are right there. But that's not how you think about this. If, if you're asking me how I'd look at sort of building a sports team, when you ask about impatience, Phil, look at some of the good teams in the league. The Yankees ain't going anywhere. A lot of young talent on that roster. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox probably aren't going anywhere. Certainly the Dodgers had their struggles early, but they're looking like a super team now. 
The Astros are a super team. All of those teams that I just mentioned might win 100 games this year. That's the bar that you're setting if you're the Twins to what you have to aspire to over time. Absolutely, yeah. So when you ask about fan impatience, Phil, how how long before we just say these guys are done? Now, keep in mind, everyone wanted to give up on Kyle Gibson a year and a half ago, and now he's one of the better starting pitchers in the American League at, at this time. Maybe that maybe that holds, maybe it doesn't. But the point is that like at age 30, we now think something very different than we thought at age 27 or 28. We thought, well, I, I know what this guy is. He's a he's lucky to be at the back of a rotation, ground ball guy, doesn't throw enough strikes. And he's replaceable. And now Kyle Gibson has really turned his career around. It looks like a great pitcher. Eduardo Escobar, another example. You don't have to look any farther. Eddie Rosario, we thought he's going to swing and miss at everything. He's a horrible player. Now he's going to go to an all-star game. So you can look around and find examples everywhere. Mm -hmm. The only problem is some guys who you thought, oh, just give it some time, just give it some time, eventually are 32 and out of the league because they don't have enough skills. Where's the balance? Back to your your bigger picture point here that the goal isn't to get to 85 wins in a weak division and get back to a postseason game or series in which you're just going to get drubbed by one of these top teams. The goal is that's kind of the short sighted or short term goal. Oh, you're in a week. You happen to be in a weak division this year, and so you can live with flaws that you wouldn't in other years. Sure, I agree with you that your goal should be okay. There's teams that are winning 95 or 100 games, and this is what their farm systems look like. This is how they develop players. This is what their lineups look like. Mm-hmm. This is what their pitching staffs look like, and try to get on that level with what you're building. Not that you're going to do it this year, but like the your move should be. With that vision in mind. A hundred percent agree. And and so to bring that back to Miguel Sano and Byron Buxton, I'm not ready to give up on either one of them, largely because you need them both to be great. So the twins focus for the rest of the year, a short term goal or a, a small goal like in pencil on your uh, desk notebook might be make the postseason. And that's important. It's an important goal. Everyone in that clubhouse should be striving for it. Molitor should be striving for it. The front office should be thinking about it. But the bigger red-letter goal should be capitalize on Miguel Sano's talent. Keep Byron Buxton healthy and make him a superstar again. Keep Eddie Rosario performing at this high of a level. And then, if you want to keep going down and down that list, you you could really go 30, 50, 70, 90 players deep with that. Keep Eduardo Escobar. Do you offer him a long-term contract and just make him the third baseman? Mm -hmm. Get Jorge Polanco back. I mean, there are all kinds of mini examples in this, but at the very tip-top of that list to me, Miguel Sano and Byron Buxton sort of need to be fixed, and that's on the Twins and both of those players, respectively. If I'm the Twins right now, I am hoping that that Cleveland gets hot and pulls away big time. Me too, actually. And And then my goal for 2018... Dozier, Lomo, Lynn, Rodney, Santana, if he comes back, all traded. I'm trading them all. I'm trading every one of them. I don't want to make the playoffs now. Because mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have a long term playoff team. What I have is tradable assets that can help me build this franchise and get even stronger for the future. Okay. Let's take the reality that Judge just put forth. Let's say that happens. Okay. And let's say that those are the names that go or whether they go by the trade deadline or whether they're just gone for two thousand nineteen. What does all of this look like if they're not contenders, if, if, this, is, if this isn't going to get a whole lot better? What does this all look like for next year? Uh, Mackie and Judd, Derek Wetmore, you can find his Twins coverage and his five thoughts, his email list, 1500ESPN.com, and also the Touch em All podcast. We recommend subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and uh, you know, help protect against our insecurities. 
And Judd just brought up, uh, well, I guess not really a doom and gloom theory. It's just kind of like if the season keeps the going reality down the, yeah, the, of where this might go. Yep. Yeah, where they would start trading off the guys who are expiring contracts, the Brian Dozier's, Irvin Santana's contract is going to be up, et cetera, et cetera. I think if you get rid of all those, and if you can get something for those players of substance, like a double-A pitcher or a catcher of some kind, whatever it is, even more of a of a bonus for you. But if you take those guys off the roster, Logan Morrison, Fernando Rodney, I still like the core of what they have, provided that either Buxton or Sano or both get it in gear at some point. Because you're still looking at, and this, and, and by the way, you'd be stripping away about a $75 million in payroll, Great. too. Yeah. So if you really want to, we've talked about Manny Machado on this show, but Eddie Rosario, Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco coming back in the second half. Nick Gordon will be up maybe even in the next month at some point. Barrios, Odorizzi, Fernando Romero, Kyle Gibson has one more year left. Michael Pineda is under contract for next year. you got Gonsalves. You've got uh, Littell, who made a start in the major leagues. So you've got pieces here that could still make you competitive for next season and your pitching staff, and you've got some bullpen guys here. Um, I almost like I'm almost siding with Judd here too in that. Just get to let's just okay, just get to the 2019 thing as soon as you can if this is going down the tubes. Beat other teams to the trade market and, and I'm not quite there yet. I want to see a little bit more play out, but like on July 1st, I'll be ready to start planning for 2019. Sure. That's well, my take on it. Yeah, I mean, you could start trading now and you already wouldn't be first to the trade market. That's true. There are other teams moving players right now. I mean, the Mariners got aggressive, the Rays have continued to dump some salary and like it's moving. Yes. It's moving. It's going. And so I'm kind of torn because I look at the moves that the Twins made this offseason, and I very um, – I don't want to say that I, like, first guessed this, but in the back of my head when they made these moves and I said, like, oh, this makes – hey, 2018 is pretty interesting. I mean, Fernando Rodney, Logan Morrison um, – Lance Lynn doesn't fit in this category, but Jake Odorizzi does, where I th- said, okay, yeah, 2018 – but then you look at them and you think about the deals that they handed out. Addison Reed's another one. They also had 2019 in mind. It it very clearly wasn't just about 2018 this winter. I mean, the Lance Lynn move is really the only one. I guess Zach Duke, you could say, hey, we just got to get some more veteran talent on this roster right now. Everything else, Logan Morris investing option. Fernando Rodney, I think it's a club option for that second year. Mm-hmm. Addison Reed, just a straight two-year deal. Logan Morris, oh, I already mentioned Morrison. But Odorizzi had two years of team control, not just the one and then free agency. I think that was a critical component to all of these offseason deals. The Twins were saying, hey, 2018 we like, but the American League is awesome, including Cleveland, who hasn't been awesome yet, but, but I think the Twins were expecting them to be awesome. All of these deals give them a great amount of flexibility for 2019. If you want to keep those players, great, you got them cheap. Under team control, Michael Pineda will be cheap because you paid for his rehab. You're in a really good spot. If you want to strip it down, get rid of all those players and just start start over. I did the math this weekend, boys. The Twins could clear like a hundred million dollars off of their payroll if they just non tendered guys and yep. let the contracts expire and canceled all the options, didn't pick up anything and just paid the buyouts. They're legitimately scrubbing a hundred million dollars off the books. Yeah. And that's, that's if you get rid of all the arbitration guys. Yeah, too. exactly. So you but lose out on Odorizzi and Kyle Gibson. And I want those guys for $7 million. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've got some, the point is just that they've got some pretty good flexibility. And if they'd rather keep those players around, they've got most of them for 2019. This wouldn't be a blow it all up and start over. This is still very much, hey, 
We like Rosario. He's entering his prime. We like Kepler. Hopefully, Buxton and Sano get it together, and they're getting Jason Castro back for the start of next season, hopefully. Suddenly, the pieces, it doesn't look like a blow it up. It's more like a, boy, this season went off the rails a little bit. Let's retool as quickly as we can and be World Series competitors next year. I think the, the Sano and Buxton declines are very concerning and a really bad thing. But... And and pe- people that don't like the Twins won't like this. But I think that these guys were smart enough to say 2017 was lots of fun, but was it real? The league wasn't all that good. You, you had a very nice pop-up year, but I don't think Falvey looked at that and said, oh, boy, we are so far a- a- ahead of schedule and things are going to be great. I think this roster was very much constructed from the day they got there with an eye towards 19 and mm-hmm. very much and very wisely constructed with a ton of guys coming off the books uh, Sano and Buxton are a major problem here, but if you were if you were to have gone to these two guys in spring training and said to uh, Derek and Thad, you know what, the rest of this thing's not going to go fantastic. It's going to be problematic. You're going to have some injuries. You're going to have some bad luck, and you're not going to play great baseball. I think they would say we're not entirely surprised, mm. and I think that they would also admit that they were very much trying to build something where where the, they were all of a sudden now going to get a ton. Of uh, of space to spend, sure, and that will that will take this franchise in a potentially very different direction. Yeah, yeah, I can. Agree Dozier, with... The Dozier thing yeah. is so is sort of the the top of the mountain towards an indication of what these guys planned. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I can't disagree with any of those points. I think you do free up yourself if you'd like to go get in the Manny Machado sweepstakes, assuming you'd be interested in that. Um, you're right about Buxton and Sano being concerning. I think the counterpoint. And this is what people would say to me. My take is right in line with yours, Judd. If if Buxton's not a superstar and if Miguel Sano's not a perennial all-star, you know, 35, 40, 45 home run hitter who plays decent, passable defense at third base, it's pretty tough to construct a 100-win roster the rest of the way around. It just It's going to be really difficult if those two guys who are supposed to be your stars are not your stars. The counterpoint to that is you weren't 100% sure what you were going to get from Barreos. And he looks like one of the best starters in the American League. You weren't 100% sure when Fernando Romero would get there. And he looks like a capable starter at 22, 23, making big league starts and keeping you in basically every game that he's pitched in, save for one. That's two pretty good places to start. And then if Eddie Rosario is going to be a star, all right, some of the things are starting to fall in place for you. The two big dominoes to me still are at the center of the conversation. But I think Twins fans have come back at me and said, yeah, but there are some other things that are going well, and, and th- you need to give some credit where credit is due to those guys. The thing about the Astros, they have hit on, they've just hit the jackpot on all these big names that came up. They hit the jackpot on Carlos Correa, obviously. Alex Bregman was a first-round pick, jackpot. George Springer, they hit that. And then even their their pitching. I mean, Lance McCullers, yeah. outside of a kind of a rocky second half, they've just... Um, They've all the guys that you would have said, yep, if this guy, this guy, this guy, and that guy all sure. pan out, then you're going to have a 100 win team. And it, sure enough, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy all panned out for okay. the Astros. But counterpoint, did the Astros buy a lottery ticket and get lucky? Or did the Astros buy smartly chosen stocks and have a great portfolio and worked it to the point where all of these guys are now big league stocks? That one, yes. And, and they, asked, they also placed a bet on John Singleton like five years ago sure. and gave him a $40 million contract sure. in the minors and they just cut bait on him. Sure. But they. 
Or the other way to morph this analogy is they just had a lot more lottery tickets than all Maybe the so. other teams. And they but, had, and those lottery tickets had higher percentage chances because they were so bad. True, but they also got Charlie Morton on a two-year deal when I don't think anybody else wanted him. And that turned out really well for them. And they were they, willing to pull the trigger on a Justin Verlander trade, too. Exactly. And they Garrett seasoned Cole. it. They had this whole... Uh, this whole up groundswell of hey prospects and guys are getting into their competitive years and Altuve's our superstar and now these prospects are here and then they added for their World Series team a McCann a Beltron I mean they they yeah, really they did yeah. everything right yep. on the way to the World Series the Twins have sort of the first part of that formula and I just think that they've got a ways to go before they become one of the super teams a lot of things have to go right for them thanks Derek good stuff man thanks guys thanks, Derek Wetmore 1500ESPN.com and the touch all podcast. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This- Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, Roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 20.